T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Face Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080, 96.5 TIC-FM and Light 100.5 WRCH. Aaron Kupek with you on this Sunday morning, and we are pleased to be joined by Richard Sobolewski. He is Acting State Consumer Counsel, the watchdog of sorts for utility customers in Connecticut. It was recently announced that Eversource has come to terms with state officials on a $103.4 million accountability plan, and Richard is here to talk about it with us. Good morning, Richard. Good morning, Aaron. So this is something that is going before state utility regulators this coming Tuesday. Tell us what it contains. Okay, first off, there is rate reductions of $65 million that will be applied to customers' bills in December and January if this agreement is approved by Pura. Um, That would represent approximately a $17 credit to your average residential customer in each of those two months. And there's another $10 million of cash put aside to help pay bills for customers that are in very troubled states, um, hardship and non-hardship customers that are, are most likely to get terminated if they don't enter a payment arrangement. So we are trying to use some of that money to, for the most people, the most for the people who are most at risk of being terminated during the winter season. So those are two of the big items. Also, there are a number of reforms to Connecticut Light and Power's governance, um, adding a president to the Connecticut operation, going back to the days when we used to have separate operating companies in Connecticut for the old Northeast Utilities Company, We are going to have a Connecticut Light and Power president again. Um, We're gonna strengthen the board of Connecticut Light and Power, putting on some independent non-company directors on that board, adding some more corporate responsibilities for the board and the company president, um, making that person accountable for what's happening in Connecticut. Um, He will be filing, he or she will be filing reports to Pura on state of the company to what's going on with the infrastructure, what's going on with work resources, linemen, et cetera. So it's kind of a step forward to add more accountability, more local control of the company, um, something that a lot of people have wanted since the 
NU NSTAR merger happened about a decade ago. Um, there were some protections in there about local control, but they've long expired. So those are the first things. There's also um, more about training, more alignment. There's currently a program where community college students are trained to be linemen. Um, they're going to expand that program to another community college in Connecticut. So hopefully there'll be a, a regular stream of young and new line type workers being available here in Connecticut, being trained here. So it's a nice opportunity. There's also going to be some additions to the work centers in Connecticut. They're adding a Waterbury work center where linemen who do both above ground and underground restoration and service work will be reporting as well as doing emergency work out of that office. They will also be doing an evaluation of other areas in the state to see where they might also wanna open more operation centers. Uh, that's something that's important to a lot of us in the advocacy and regulatory environment. There were much more of those back in before the merger with NSTAR back in the before Eversource was created. So going back, creating more local opportunities for employees and also having those employees reporting locally to a location rather than one location in Connecticut and then having to drive and go where, where they are. A lot of this comes out of the storm Isaiah stocket. There's a lot of improvements that were there and we're adding more and more things for the company to do, putting targets for improved performance. In this docket and in upcoming dockets, there's a performance-based rate-making case that will specifically address some of those issues where the company will be rewarded or penalized for their surface quality and other measures, which could be how they react to storms, how they react to normal re reliability issues, as well as how do they work on projects that are relating to state energy goals, renewable energy, grid modernization, electric vehicles. There's a wide range of different topics where the company could be incentivized or penalized for their performance. So this is something that will be happening in the next few months, that type of investigation. That also came out of the Take Back Our Grid Act that was passed last fall. Now, this package also includes a distribution rate freeze for a time, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Basically, rates will be frozen until at least January 1st of 2024. So the base rates will not increase for that period of time. So that is something that is definitely an economic benefit to customers. Um, Eversource estimated that at a value of approximately $125 million, which my office has looked into. And we feel that's probably in line with what they would normally ask for for a rate increase on an annual basis, given their projected capital improvement budget 
and a lot of the other initiatives that are before the company. So we we agree that there is something approaching that $125 million of value for staying out and not seeking a rate increase. Now, as you know, the response to Isais upset a lot of customers in Connecticut. Some people were without power for, for well over a week. As the advocate for utility customers in Connecticut, as acting state consumer counsel, do you think this fits the bill? Do you think it gets the job done in, in terms of uh, making consumers whole? I think it's a step in the right direction. Unfortunately, at the time of the storm, we did not have legislation in place that would allow Pura to return or make storm penalties, um, storm credits for service. I know that was also part of the Take Back the Grid Act, and there was a docket that was concluded at the end of June. So it was effective July 1st um, going forward for storms where people are out for 96 consecutive hours or more, they will receive a $250 credit. Um, And then it's an additional $25 a day after that. So that was one thing that came out of that that isn't really part of this settlement, but it's been related to a lot of the activity that's been going on. But there are other things here. There are a lot of movement on restoration, on how this would work, how much more of it is going to be controlled in Connecticut versus out of state. There are already improvements on the way for the communications system that was failing for during during storm Isaias. There's already been a change on how they address the municipalities and communicate with municipalities. Um, there, there are I heard there's at least one crew in every town, and that was the case, you know, this summer for a couple of the storms. We are very lucky this summer we didn't get hit by the hurricane as much on a statewide basis. But that was one of the new changes that occurred after the storm docket. So that's one thing that's already been implemented. So there are steps that have been taken, but we'll see how it all happens. What happens? Is there going to be improvement or not? Um, And I think we're all looking. We're all looking at the at the companies that make sure they improve Pura, Deep, um, the Attorney General's office, the governor's office, other players, legislators, local municipal leaders. They're all expecting a much much more of an improvement from the company. And hopefully that's on the way. And the steps that they've taken continue to improve any storms that may may hit us in the coming years. Now, going back in time when the NSTAR Connecticut Light and Power merger was announced, it was going to be that the company was going to have two headquarters, one in Massachusetts and one in Connecticut. Has that remained the case over the years or have a lot of the company resources kind of flowed to Massachusetts? They have moved more to Massachusetts. There was a seven-year period that they were required to keep uh, Connecticut headquarters. There are still offices in Hartford. There's still a sizable presence on the Berlin Turnpike in Newington and Berlin. But the, the exact officers being located in Connecticut is something has sort of slipped away. Um, 
from which if you read their finance, financial documentation that they filed to the SEC, you see, you'll see that their, low, their offices for um, the Eversource folks are in Springfield or West Springfield. So they're not located in here in Connecticut. So this is one of the changes we see. We'd like to have a, a Connecticut president who will report and reside in Connecticut and will be solely working in Connecticut. So that and a, a management team and adequate resources to, to have local control and to review capital budgets and expenditures and your typical operations of the company, much more of that will be controlled in Connecticut. So we see that as a positive improvement from where we were. You know, unfortunately, a lot of it's been run out of Massachusetts for, you know, the last four or five years. So we're hoping we see a much more Connecticut presence, more accountability to Connecticut government leaders and Connecticut residents. You are listening to Face Connecticut. We are talking to Richard Sobolewski. He is acting state consumer counsel. Every six months, the so-called standard rate for power generation, which is different from the distribution side of customers' bills, that changes and it occurs in January and again in July. So that is coming up. And typically it increases in the wintertime because you need natural gas to to heat homes and to run a number of power plants. Do we know what things are going to look like for this winter yet? Well, we don't have the firm numbers yet released. Um, They're still procuring some of the last um, slices of the, the generation for the new year, but you know, gas prices have been up. We've seen prices in other New England jurisdictions be up more than they were last year. Um, I think part of it is due to the gas supply. Much, much more of um, our American gas supply is being sent abroad as liquefied natural gas. So there will be even more pressure on bills likely come the new year. Um, I know there's been high rates in New Hampshire and Massachusetts and other states who have been procuring power. So it also, one of the other things is our rate right now is probably at a historic low. It's at one of the, probably the lowest it's been in a decade. I think Eversource's generation service rate is right around seven cents per kilowatt hour, which, you know, it's probably, that's probably the lowest it's been in a decade, if not more. Usually you see a cent and a half up to two cent increase in the generation come the new year. It may even be more this year, given what's been happening, you know, with the, with, with the economic market. And also, you know, there's been storm activity and pipeline problems. So all this will put more pressure on the generation component. Now, what advice do you have for a consumer when it comes to shopping around for a lower generation rate? You can find rates that are are lower than the the standard offer, but often they they come with fees and things like that. You're exactly right, Aaron. I think one of the things that has been corrected in Connecticut, the, the legislature has gotten rid of that early termination fee. So that's one good thing. Another thing is 
they've years ago they got rid of the variable price. So I think the the lo- the shortest period you sign up for is four months. Um, but there are some good rates. But I would I I would warn you about not checking to make sure that it's not a four month low rate followed by a rate that increases dramatically shortly thereafter, after the four month block. Um, We've seen that happen. Um, There's a lot of people don't realize that you sign up for something and then it has has the jump up, but there are some good rates. um, And now they're they're probably close to what we're paying now for generation. So um, you might be able to get a rate around or below the current seven cents that will lock you in for a year, which could be a really good rate given some of the circumstances I've been, t- I've been talking about for at least the first six months of the year. And given that there is no longer a early termination fee, you could find a new rate come next summer or next spring when, um, when we're out of the winter heavy natural gas use season. So, um, stay away from fees, um, and you can do well, but you have to keep it. You have to stay on top of it. If you sign up for a supplier, you need to put it on your calendar and exactly when that rate is expiring, or you may just want to look every six months because that rates, the the rate's going to change with, for your electric distribution companies generation offer. So you if you if you keep that on your calendar um, a month before when those new rates come into effect they're they're usually announced to the public um i think it's 45 days in advance so usually april 15th or so and november 15th you hear the the prices that'll be for the upcoming 6 months so it's an opportunity especially given what we know could be happening come the new year in terms of consumer protection, should I be treating my utility bill information, the account number, and the customer key like banking information? Can people use that to, to sign me up for things I don't want? There have been certain gener- generation companies that have had different tactics of calling or stopping by to try to get your billing information and switching you to a competitive supply at at a higher rate. Um, That type of slamming activity, you know, used to happen on the telephone side and it does happen on occasion on, on, on the electric side. So you should treat that information very carefully, not disclose it until you know you are interested in switching electric providers. Until you know you've made a decision, you should not disclose that information. And normally, um, a lot of the electric providers have added more security steps to their sign-up process. I recently signed up for a rate for the new year, and I was pleased to see that rather than just typing in information on the internet, um, they sent me an email that I had to click on and confirm that I was indeed signing on. And I think it either caused me to get a a text or a phone call from the company to make sure I was indeed signing up. So I think there's been some adding of new security measures by 
a lot of the generators, but there still are some ones with questionable practices, you know, especially if you see them at your, your shopping mall or at a table in front of some location or going door to door. Those are the ones that my office have seen the most shady activity with. Now, in terms of winter shutoffs, we are approaching that time of year. Recently, there were some protections that went away for non-hardship shutoff cases related to the pandemic. What do people need to know if they are having difficulties paying their utility bills with the colder weather months coming? First off, we are still considered to be in an emergency health situation um, as outlined by Governor Lamont. So there is a set of protections even for non-hardship customers. There's no longer a moratorium for non-hardship, but there is the hardship, the COVID payment plan process that's in place which any customer with a balance can sign up for the COVID hardship plan. And it guarantees you up to 24 months to pay your bill, your back balance without a down payment. What's also very interesting is if for some reason you have a problem and you miss a payment, as long as you get back on the payment plan and tell the, and sign up with the company again, they won't terminate you. So there is this protection that's going to be in place till at least the end of February. So customers out there who have a balance or are having trouble paying their bills can try multiple times to get a payment plan to work for them. So if you miss a, if you miss a payment, you can sign back up for another one. Don't just accept a termination. Hardship is, is protected. I know they're not, the EDCs are not issuing termination notices for the, for the brief time before we get to the moratorium. So those will be protected until the, the normal April shutoff. Um, but for non-hardship, it's essential that you sign up for some payment plan. And like I said, it could be extended for 24 months. I suspect the most important piece of advice is to not just let the bills pile up. If you're having a problem talk to the company, they're probably willing to work with you. Exactly, exactly. They are willing to work with you. Um, there's been a lot more activity in that area through the pandemic. Um, Pura's education and outreach and enforcement unit has been, been doing a lot in this area. They're constantly monitoring the activities of all our utilities on on the customer service area on the scripts that they have, that they read to their customers. They go on and audit and listen to numerous phone calls that these work these workers at the utilities do on a daily basis. So there's more and more protections in there. And it's one of the areas that Pura has worked hard on in, in the last year. So those things are in place, take advantage of them, contact your company, um, they don't want to shut you off. They don't want to, they don't want to lose you as a customer. They don't want to lose. They don't want to put you in a difficult situation. They want to keep you as a customer and 
keep you keep you paying your bills. So they will they will work with you to try to give you as the best deal that they can, and they will try to put you in contact with agencies that can help you. Um, and as I said, one of the things in our settlement, there is going to be a ten million dollar fund that that will be available by the end of the year. So that's something that will be announced exactly how that's going to work. So if our settlement gets approved, that's one another area that will be $10 million to help some of the hardest hit customers. He is Richard Sobolewski, Acting State Consumer Council. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed being on and hopefully um, gave you some good information on what's going on with your electric bills. Absolutely. And thanks for listening to Face Connecticut. I'm Aaron Kupek. Enjoy the balance of your weekend. Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.